All right, everybody, what's going on? Uh, I got no idea what I'm doing right now, but I figured that since everyone else in the world has a podcast that I might as well just join. So welcome to episode one, the pilot, uh, the one where Mike starts a podcast, any kind of episode name from whatever favorite show uh, you've got, and and that is this. I'm Mike McCann. Uh, Obviously, you know that if you're listening to this by now. Um, And this is Open Mic, uh, an idea that has kind of been in my head for a long time, and I'm going to give two of my former colleagues uh, an assist in pushing it over the edge. First, uh, Andy Pepper, who had me on his podcast to talk about exactly what I'm going to talk about. So we're copying that. And then Luke Edwards as well for kind of just nudging me along. So, you know, what the goal is for this is we're going to talk sports. We're going to talk sports at a national level. We're going to talk sports at a local level. The goal, of course, is that eventually there's going to be guests from from different stops in the country of where I've worked or people I know, and we'll try and make them as on topic as possible. But for episode one, just to try it out, congratulations, you get all me. And we're talking the tournament. It begins tonight. This is Thursday, March 18th. So depending on when you're listening uh, to this, Michigan State will have already won or lost. So what I say is going to be completely irrelevant in a couple of hours. But hey, that's why we, uh, that's why we do it now. And we look at the tournament tonight. Um, with the four, I don't know, are we calling them play-in games or first-round games? In a in a long laundry list of questionable decisions by the NCAA, changing the play-in games to call them first-round games has to be like right up there at the top. But let's just get right into it. I'm looking at the bracket right now. It's in front of me. I'm not even going to worry about picking the play-in games because you know ESPN doesn't even force you to pick one. You can just pick both teams to advance if you want. I don't think we're doing that with Mount St. Mary's and Texas Southern. But when I look at this bracket and I filled mine out uh, a couple of days ago, is it impossible to just always end up with one and two seeds in the Elite Eight? I don't have all of them, but you know, I find like you try and pick upsets here and there and it's, there's just no exact science. It's, it's all a complete wash. So I guess that's what makes it completely fun. So we're going to try and talk about some of the teams who everybody else thinks are really damn good and, and can make a run. And we're going to talk about some teams that I think are pretty good and can make a run. And we'll, we'll kind of just go right down the bracket. So let's start in the West. I'm not going to do every game because you don't want to listen to it. And quite frankly, I have absolutely no idea who Grand Canyon's best player is, nor am I going to look it up for the purposes of right now. But the West bracket is probably the one where you look at and it's just a wash, right? Gonzaga is the team. They have to be. They're undefeated. They've beaten teams. They played teams in the non-conference. And, you know, I know everybody says, oh, Gonzaga doesn't play anybody ever and their schedule in the West Coast Conference is just completely weak. And this year, that's not the case. You can't say that about the Zags because in the non-conference they played and obviously they beat if they're undefeated still a lot of really good teams I mean they beat Kansas and when I say they beat Kansas they beat them by 12 they scored 102 they beat West Virginia they scored 87 they didn't get to play Baylor which is a crime against humanity but they beat Iowa and they scored 99 since the theme they beat Virginia they scored 98 Gonzaga can score the ball And you have to be able to do more than that in March, but we talk about guard play all the time, and I'm going to go back to that over and over in this, uh, at least in this episode. 
Uh, Jalen Suggs is a bona fide stud. And obviously, he's not the only guy that they have, which makes Gonzaga so dangerous. You know, the, the player of the year in the conference is Corey Kispert. He's not Jalen Suggs. I mean, his numbers, he's a 50-40-90 kind of guy for the entire season. If you don't know what that means, 50% from the floor, 40% from three, 90% from the line. Uh, his numbers are are silly good for a team that has a bunch of guys with silly good numbers. Drew Timmy is enormous. He's a good player. So I'm not going to spend much time on the West bracket, and maybe that's silly or naive. Uh, the upset I like in that one, watch Ohio. Jason Preston is an NBA player, point blank. He's a guard, uh, great size. I love that matchup with Virginia, though, because everybody loves Ohio. Ohio's best player is a point guard. Virginia's best player, at least on defense, might be Kihei Clark, the point guard. And I don't know what the COVID situation is with the Who's and who can and who can't play, but if it's Kihei Clark and Preston going up against each other, that's not simply going to be just, you know, Ohio, everybody loves them, they'll win. That's still Virginia. That's still Tony Bennett. Technically, we want to play technical. Virginia is the defending national champions, right? It's been a while. It's been a minute since Minneapolis when that probably should have been the Spartans playing them. But alas, Texas Tech is good. So we're not going to waste time on the West. I got Gonzaga and Iowa in the Elite Eight. And I got Gonzaga uh, going to the Final Four. Moving right to the South. Just such an interesting uh, matchup. Of course, let's talk instead about how all four regions still have names and they're all in the same place. We couldn't have come up with something more creative than West, East, South, and Midwest for an entire tournament being played in the state of Indiana. But alas, Baylor's the one seed, another team that had just an outstanding regular season. Obviously, didn't win the Big 12 tournament, though, and I always like you know try to pay attention to those teams that have huge regular seasons, don't win their conference tournaments, and then how they perform. And I think that really started for me when St. Joe's was undefeated uh, back in 04 or 03, whatever year it was with Jameer Nelson and Delonte West. They lost in the, in the conference tournament, if I remember right, and then they lost in the Elite Eight to uh, an Oklahoma State team that was one of my favorite teams of all time. They had the Graham Twins, uh, John Lucas, the third or fourth, I don't know, whichever one it is. And, um, you know, Ivan McFarland, they had Daniel Bobick on that team. No one cares about Daniel Bobick. Move on, Mike. Anyway, um, so that's kind of what I got Baylor doing as well. I got Baylor going all the way to the Elite Eight. For some reason, uh, Ohio State, I just like the fact that, one, they could almost blow the game against Michigan, and then, two, the very next day, turn around and almost come back against Illinois. So, you know, the Buckeyes are my pick out of the South, and that might be short-sighted because there are upset traps at every stop. Either Florida or Virginia Tech is a good team. They could beat Ohio State. If Texas Tech is in that Sweet 16 matchup, they could definitely beat Ohio State. Arkansas could beat Ohio State. I don't know. Like I said, in exact science, I got the Buckeyes uh, going to Indy for the Final Four from the Indy region. Uh, Down in the Midwest, Illinois is, I think, the team to beat. Uh, So loaded. Iotasumu is so good. I was looking up his numbers the other day. How about not scoring in single digits the entire season? He went the whole year. And played every single game he had at least double figures. That is remarkable. And I'm definitely going to triple check that as I look up. But I'm just going to continue to operate under the assumption that I'm uh, correct in that. But, you know, between him and Kofi Coburn, who I still don't know how that is his last name, but it is. Um, you know, Illinois has got a lot. They got a lot. Frazier's a good player. They're deep. Um, you know, they're hungry. They obviously... 
seemed to declare themselves Big Ten champions without anyone telling them that that's okay. And that's, I guess, what you do. Yes, DeSumo, the entire season, uh, not one time did he score in single single digits. But, you know, the matchup that I like the most potential in that Midwest is Illinois and Oklahoma State in the Sweet 16. Because if you haven't seen Cade Cunningham, look up his highlights on YouTube. Search his name on Bing or Yahoo or definitely not Google. Whatever search engine you use, Google his name, watch his highlights. He's he's unreal. I mean, the the chance that he gets to play against Illinois in the Sweet 16, a point I made on uh, the podcast I was on the other day, Andy Pepper's podcast, is that, uh, you know, for guys to really blow up in March, right, for guys to – to become those names that we talk about years later, like Steph Curry or Jimmer Fredette. One, they have to be enormously talented, so that's a check in the box for Cade Cunningham. And two, they have to win. There's not a lot of uh, Steph Curry love if Davidson doesn't dance all the way to the Sweet 16 and I think the Elite Eight one of those years. So, you know, the chance for Oklahoma State to get there uh, is Liberty in the first round. I know a lot of people have talked about that as a potential upset. Tennessee, Oregon State, neither one of those teams scares me if I'm Oklahoma State. So, for me, I got Oklahoma State and Illinois in the Sweet 16 and in that game, you know, you're going to see is it the best team or is it the best player because I know DeSumo's good Good, but Cunningham will be the best player on the floor. Now, the matchup that I am contractually obligated to talk about since everybody has texted me about it that I know uh, is Syracuse and San Diego State. I am a proud Syracuse graduate. I'm guessing you already knew that. And I love this team and I love watching them. And San Diego State scares the heck out of me. Everybody thinks Syracuse is just going to walk into that game and win. And I'm not going to lie. I picked them once, and that's probably just fandom more than anything else. I, the Cuse has one of the most underrated players in the country, in my opinion. And his name is Buddy Beheim, and he is related to Jim Beheim, which you also probably knew. But Buddy is operating at a clip that is reserved for uh, – guys with the names Anthony and McNamara right now in Syracuse history. That's not actually true. I'm sure there have been other guys. Tyus Battle was good. A lot of other players that have been really good. Sherman Douglas, you know, Derek Coleman was decent. Anyway, we're just going to go with the hyperbole and say Buddy Beheim is, you know, the best Syracuse player of all time. That's not true. But he is playing really, really well right now, and he's become so much more of than just the three-point shooter that he was when he walked on campus. I remember a couple of group chats that I was on with very people when he announced he was going to Syracuse and I remember just campaigning it for him so hard I'd watched his highlights said listen guys this is not just another coach's kid getting a scholarship no respect or no disrespect to Steven Izzo who I know is not on scholarship at Michigan State but Buddy Beheim averaged more than one point whatever points in his high school career, he's a stud. He knows how to shoot. He's red hot. I think he scored in over 20 in like six straight or five of six. He just put up 31 against Virginia, right? So if you score 31 points against Virginia, then chances are that you've got to be really good at offense. And this Syracuse team has a bunch of guys that score in double figures. Gerard, Bayheim, Griffin, Garrier, Dolajai, they can all go get you 10 at any point. And that's one of the knocks on Syracuse is that, oh, well, they have no bench. Their starters are good. They have no bench. This team has a bench. 
Jim Beheim has utilized them a little bit more. Kadari Richmond is nice. Robert Braswell is nice. All right, now we spent far too much time talking about Syracuse because ultimately I have them losing to West Virginia in the round of 32. But watch out for Houston. You know, Coach uh, Steve Hawkins, the former Western Michigan coach forever, was uh, on that same podcast I was on the other day and talked a lot about Houston. So I decided I'd look into them after. And yeah, they're they're good. I mean, a lot of, lot of big-time wins, a lot of blowout wins. If we get Houston and Illinois or West Virginia and Illinois in the Elite Eight, we'll be lucky. Ultimately, though, I don't think uh, anybody's got enough to get past the uh, flying Illini. So I've got Illinois coming out of the Midwest Indianapolis region, which brings us to the East and the number one seed, Michigan Wolverines. And everybody wants to know, uh, can they do it without Isaiah Livers? Well, first and foremost, let me just say that it, it sucks that he gets hurt right then. You know, I worked in Kalamazoo for three years, so Isaiah is a Kalamazoo kid. He was a freshman at Michigan in my first year there, and they went to the Final Four, and I went with them, and that was awesome. And a funny story about something that happened to me on air will be told later in an episode. Uh, but, you know, Isaiah was was so willing to talk after that game. I remember being in that locker room after the game uh, when Villanova you know, beat him good. That Villanova team was damn good. Jalen Brunson and DiVincenzo and Bridges and Amari Spellman. Those are NBA guys all over the floor. And, you know, for Michigan, they had NBA guys as well. They just didn't have as many of them. Um, but Livers was a freshman on that team. So he started in that national championship game. So, yes, losing his ability is is certainly not ideal for Michigan. But they've got guys with that ability. They don't have anybody else who started in the national championship game on that roster. And I know Eli Brooks was a freshman, and I know he's a guy that Villanova really wanted. Um, and he can play, but Isaiah is kind of the, you know, the proverbial uh, stirring of the pot is his job. And, you know, he did that yesterday with not NCAA property. How about that hashtag? That was a loud statement for players to make on the eve of the NCAA tournament. I'm sure that uh, Mark Emmert absolutely loved that. Anyway, uh, Livers, Michigan, can they do it without him? I think the answer is yes. Now, this bracket is so interesting to me. The 12-5 game, you got Georgetown, the Big East champ, is a 12. Uh, and I know they only won the tournament, but they're playing really well. Colorado's a decent team. Florida State, you know, is the team that I think maybe the the best in the ACC? Uh, I don't know. I, nobody jumps out this year from the ACC, and that's why uh, it's such, you know, I know there's a lot of people who like Florida State in that Sweet 16 over Michigan, and I guess my thought is just, you know, why? Because they're tall, because everybody likes them, because, you know, it's a sexy pick. I don't think Florida State's better than Michigan, with or without Isaiah Livers. I, I just think Michigan's got way too much chemistry, way too much cohesion, and way too much talent uh, at, at multiple positions. So I've got Michigan in the Elite Eight. As for the bottom side of the brackets, let's talk about the Spartans for a second. And what in God's name has Rocket Watts done this season? I don't I don't get it. There, I say all the time, I've never seen a good player have more trouble than Rocket Watts. I believe he's a good player. Don't you? I mean, he seems like a good player. He was a big-time recruit, averaged nine points a game as a freshman. Those are the kind of guys that take the next step. But apparently, there have been so many ones and dones in college basketball over the last however many years that we forgot about the sophomore slump because Watts has had it. And that said, I said the other day, I think he's got a chance to completely flip the script on his season 
uh, if he has a big tournament. And no better time to do it than now. UCLA in that first game, uh, what a storied matchup the NCAA gets in the first four there, huh? A couple of big-time Final Four programs. I like the Spartans ultimately in that game, and I, you know, I don't know if they've got enough to to get by BYU, but I think they do. So I could easily see Michigan State playing in that uh, round of 32 with Texas, but you got to get through UCLA first. Other side, UConn, Maryland, uh, everybody likes Maryland. Uh, same thing I see everywhere, oh, Maryland, Maryland, Maryland. And that, that I think is probably a compliment to the Big Ten, as it should be, because the Big Ten had just an outstanding year. But watch out for UConn. It's just something about that Hurley last name. Danny Hurley won a couple times at Rhode Island. They won in the NCAA tournament when he was – was coaching there. So just watch out for UConn. I know they're the seven seed, so you say, well, why watch out? And again, I just think everybody loves Maryland, which then brings us to Bama, who might be one of the hottest teams in the country. Nate Oates is a rising coach in in uh, in the sport, and uh, I don't know if that means that he's necessarily going to stay at Alabama and build it there, or if there's a job in Bloomington or something that might be appealing to him. That's something to watch if he hasn't already said that he's not leaving, but I doubt that very much. Um, I think I got one, four and two, three in the sweet 16 in this one with Michigan and Florida state, Texas and Alabama, Michigan and Bama in the elite eight. And I think that'd be a great game. I think that'd be a great game, especially for Nate Oates, a guy who is a former Michigan high school basketball coach. I think at Romulus, he had some real good teams. I think I want to say Dominique Buckley was there when he was there, but uh, I'll take Michigan. I just think that it's it's the Wolverines here. Juwan Howard has undergone more personal hardship than any coach should have to in a long time, and he's done it in a in a calendar year. So, um, you know, you you, I don't have to be unbiased anymore. That's the beauty of not rooting for or not working for a, a television station right now. Hell yeah, I, you know, I want Juwan Howard in the Final Four. It'd be great for Michigan if he's in the Final Four. So that's where I've got my bracket, all right? So we got Michigan, Gonzaga, Ohio State, and Illinois. That is my Final Four. That is the Final Four that I will put in to try and win a bracket that will then lead me to the number one pick in my fantasy football draft where I can defend my title. Shout out Josh Allen and Alvin Kamara. Anyway, Final Four. Michigan, Gonzaga, Ohio State, Illinois. Let's assume that's it and break it down. Michigan and Gonzaga gives Wolverine Twitter... Their single greatest shot at redemption, not even redemption, just a lot of smack talk on Twitter about how Gonzaga's played nobody and the West Coast Conference is weak and it's not the Big Ten and blah, 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 blah. Well, I hope that Michigan gets a chance to put its money where its mouth is. Of course, the players aren't the one driving that narrative, so it's not really uh, up to the fan base who wins that game. But that'd be a great game, wouldn't it? I mean... Talk about uh, matchups all over the place, uh, how Michigan chooses to defend Suggs, how they choose to defend Kispert, how the Zags would potentially choose to defend a guy like Franz Wagner, who I think is uber talented, pun intended with the uber there. Um, and I'd love to see that one. Ultimately, I think Gonzaga's got too much. I got Gonzaga getting to the title game in a win over Michigan. As for Ohio State and Illinois, uh Mark Emmert and the NCAA, whoever it is, I think it was Mitch Barnhart, who was the chair this year, who is the uh, AD at Kentucky, has always, they always say that, you know, we look for matchups that we try to create, but we don't really look for matchups at the same time. Well, if Ohio State and Illinois get there and they get a chance to replay that Big Ten title game, which was great, 
that would be something. But again, I think I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of time because Ohio State is the team I am least confident about getting to the Final Four. I don't even know why I have them in there, to be honest, but something's got to give. You know, it's just, it seems like I can't put four one seeds in the Final Four, so I went with Ohio State. Um, I don't think they've got enough. Again, I know Illinois was blowing them out and then they weren't, and overtime was something, but I, I think Illinois is is the team there. I think Illinois beats Ohio State, and I think we get Gonzaga-Illinois. And what that would look like on a Monday night in early April would be outstanding because I think when you when you build your bracket, if you're the NCAA, certainly, but if you're somebody else, when you build your bracket, ultimately you want the two best teams playing at the end of the year. And I don't know if there's a, a sane argument for anyone other than Gonzaga or Illinois to be the best team in the country right now. So I've got Gonzaga-Illinois going on a Monday night. I got the tiebreaker score at 82-78. And ultimately, I just think this is where the Big Ten uh, comes into play. And the, the battling with Michigan and Iowa and Wisconsin and Purdue and Michigan State and Indiana night in and night out has to count for something, doesn't it? And I think it does this time. And I think the Big Ten finally breaks the streak. I went to the last two Final Fours. I did live shots at both. It's just foreign to say a Big Ten team trying to become the first Big Ten team to win the title since Michigan State in 2000. How does that happen with all of the outstanding players and teams that there have been in the Big Ten in the last 20 years? Nobody's won a title. And I know there's been chances. Michigan had a chance in 13. Michigan State had a chance in 09. Those are just the two that come to my mind real quick because, uh, shocker, I'm from the state of Michigan. But I think it happens this year. I think that the Big Ten has been the best team, bar or the best conference, I should say, bar none. I, ultimately, to choose a team outside the Big Ten, you got to really, really, really believe in Gonzaga, and they're they're damn good. They could easily win it. I mean, it's really it's a coin flip. I got a four point tiebreaker, so it's not like I think that one team is head and shoulders above the other. But I just think Gonzaga and Illinois in the title game. I've got the Illini, Iota Sumu, most outstanding player of the Final Four, capping what has just been uh, a marvelous career for him. Just one of the game's best closers. I remember the bucket at Michigan late a couple of years. Might have been last year. I don't even remember. Um, and you need closers. And I'm not saying Gonzaga doesn't have any of them. I'm saying Iota Sumu is better than what they got in terms of being a closer. And uh, the beauty of that is that we get to find out. Hopefully, I am right. And hopefully, I'm picking first in fantasy football because I don't care if I'm right for any other reason, but it would be really nice to uh, do that. All right, just going to wrap things up. Again, this is episode one. Everyone could hate this and I would never do it again and that would be fine. Or maybe everyone loves it and we keep it going and we're going to start it right now as a weekly thing and that could change tomorrow if I get enough uh, likes or downloads or whatever the hell the words are that need to be talked about to say is a podcast successful. But we're going to talk a lot about sports. There's going to be a lot of golf. If you like golf, uh, then you're like me, and I'm going to talk about golf all the time. A Honda Classic is underway right now uh, in the PGA down in uh, Palm Beach Gardens at uh, Jack's Place. So you get Arnold Palmer's Place, TPC Sawgrass, and then Jack's Place in three straight weeks. That's that's a pretty darn good schedule. The Masters is coming up. I have a few ideas for a decently sized golf guest, uh, and I'm going to see what I can do about trying to get one of those locked in. But hey, ultimately, we're going to try and have as many guests as we can. Um, if you know me, I, I don't have much time filling like 25, 30 minutes uh, of content. I think I can do that pretty easily. 
Um, but I know, recognize that not everyone is going to want to hear me and, or want to talk about this with me, which is totally fine. But this is open mic. This is episode one. Ideally, I'm bringing this to you guys as much as possible. We're talking as much sports. Um, I, I feel like I should just tell everyone you know, how to find me. And if you've got topics or something you want to talk about, I'd love to get to it. Uh, my Twitter handle is at McCann underscore sports. And uh, that is uh, where you can find me on the social media. I don't really use Instagram and I don't really use Facebook. And I can hear the conversations from someone telling me, oh, but you have to use those to, to get your, you know, your viewership and your listenership up. And that's great. Maybe we'll do that. But right now I'm on Twitter and that's kind of where I see this going. Hey, who knows? Everything can change. Uh, that same thing, McCann Sports, if you type McCannSports.net, uh, you'll find my little portfolio page with information on my career, information about my personal life, information about me. Um, you know, if you're listening to this, you have absolutely no idea who I am. That's a, a good way to find out quickly. Or if you want to make fun of my demo reel, it's also on there if you know who I am. But again, episode one, open mic, NCAA tournament talk, the final four. You can book it. This will 100% not be the final four. Gonzaga, Michigan. Illinois, Ohio State, Illinois, and Gonzaga in the title game. The Illini, 82-78. We'll see everybody real soon.